I'm Morin Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas, and this is our next video study in the book of Romans. Welcome to our Bible study. Have your Bible open to Romans chapter 1. I'm going to start by reading verses 1 through 14. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets and the holy scriptures concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace an apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. That's the reading of Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 15. And we continue our study now in the book of Romans, which can be studied and remembered through a very simple problem-solution model. That means there is a problem, sin, in the human race that came through individual choices. The solution came from the grace of God who chose to give his son to die so that we might have opportunity to be saved from sin. Our response ought to be the obedience of faith. Paul was called to be an apostle of Christ, and he is the writer by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The letter is addressed to all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Paul prayed for these Christians and wanted to visit them for their benefit and for his encouragement. We're going to look now at verses 14 through 17. 
Romans 1, 14 through 17. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Paul says to the Christians in Rome, I am a debtor. And that conveys to us the concept of obligation. And I think we all know what it means to be in debt, to have that obligation, to be debtors. Debt has become just a way of life in our society. The national debt is something we hear about on the news all the time. Personal debt has become a problem for many families, especially in inflationary times. Here in Romans 1.14, it is not economic debt. It is not the issue of inflation that's under consideration. It is spiritual. It is the concept of obligation toward those who have spiritual need. Paul considered himself obligated to Greeks and to barbarians and to the wise and the foolish, and this obligation expressed itself in his activity preaching the gospel. To tell lost people the truth about their condition and about Jesus Christ and instruct them in their response to Jesus Christ to be saved from sin, to become Christians and go to heaven. Paul considered this to be a personal obligation, a sense of duty toward the lost. Here in verse 14, but it has already been indicated really back in verse 1, where Paul described himself as a servant of Jesus Christ and an apostle set apart to the gospel. Paul's life work was to preach the gospel and live the gospel. It was a rich sense of duty that he carried with him to his death. I believe we should not think of this in the same way as the prophets who carried messages to nations and considered that as a burden. Often the prophets were announcing the doom of people who were guilty of sin. This is not like that. Paul carried a message to people of salvation, whether Greeks, barbarians, wise, or unwise. That was his commitment. So, verse 15, he said, I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also in Rome, where people were, who people were in their ethnicity. The gospel Paul preached was to be delivered to people of all nations and locations. Paul wanted to do that in Rome to the best of his ability, he said, as much as is in me. He was eager to do this. Now, let's bring up this question. We've already observed Paul wrote this epistle to the Christians 
in Rome. The question may come up, how do you preach the gospel to people who are already Christians? And there are two parts to my answer. One, Paul was not limited in his preaching, as we just observe in verse 14. So preaching in Rome would be to and for anyone who would hear. Number two, the gospel is the good news about being saved in Christ. And that good news continues after you've responded to Christ. It is still good news. You still need to hear it. And you need to hear what you need to do after you respond to that good news. The gospel of walking in newness of life. So when I preach from the word of God to us regarding our conduct as Christians, that is the gospel. In Philippians 1.27, our conduct is to be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So in Romans 1, 14 and 15, I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. The next two verses are key verses in this first part of the book of Romans, sometimes called the thematic content of the book of Romans, the proposition of the book of Romans. Chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Romans 1, 16 and 17. I believe it's very important for each of us to take this in and to let this become so familiar to us. It motivates us and enables us to teach and influence others. Notice this phrase, not ashamed of the gospel. Think about what it means to be ashamed of something. You don't mention it. You try to hide it. You disassociate yourself from it. You disassociate yourself from people who are committed to it. Now consider the opposite. Wanting to shout something from the housetops. Knowing something is so great and so true and so important, you cannot hold it back. It's good news and you must share it. <clears throat> That's how Paul felt about the gospel of Christ. It's how every one of us should feel about this message because it is the power of God for salvation. Focus on that idea of power, something that has power to break up something that needs to be broken up, something that has power, able to accomplish an end, able to do what it proposes, the gospel is the power God uses to save people from sin. And this holds tremendous meaning 
It means, first of all, there's only one message that has the power to convict and convert sinners. The message delivered through the apostles of Christ that we have in the New Testament. It is the one and only message that gets the job done. This is the power God uses to get us to see our problem and then offer the solution that we need to respond to. If someone tells you, if someone tells you they were saved from sin some other way, not the gospel way, by some other means or message, that claim is denied by scripture right here on this page. Paul was not ashamed of the gospel because it is the singular power God uses to save sinners. And it says, for everyone who believes, the power must be personally applied, personally applied through belief, belief that discovers its existence in obedience. We already know that because of what we read back in verse 5, obedience to the faith. So Paul was not ashamed of the message he delivered, the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And that repeats what we talked about earlier, that Paul wanted to spread this message to everyone without regard to blood, nation, race, or location. Verse 17 is an important part of this. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith in the English Standard Version. The word righteousness is sometimes used in the context having to do with our conduct. We are to walk in righteousness and be righteous people. By implication, uh, that part of it is involved in this, of course, and it means right standing with God. Right standing with God. How do I have right standing with God since I've sinned? The gospel answers that. From faith to faith. One version says, by faith from first to last. Our faith activated responds initially, and then faith continues after that initial response. It continues after baptism from faith for faith. It is suggestive of faith that regenerates, that continues, that leads you in your standing with God through Christ. And then there is this quotation from Habakkuk 2 in verse 4, the just shall live by faith. The opposite of living is dying. In the absence of faith, that issues in obedience, described by Paul, there's spiritual death, separation from God. So that's Romans 1, 14 through 17. I have three 
life lessons to conclude with. Number one, though we are not apostles, we are Christians. And we ought to have a depth and abiding sense of obligation, a depth to preach the gospel, a depth to preach the gospel. And this comes from a couple of places. One, our love for God, and two, our love for our fellow man lost in sin. Those two things combined should compel us to feel the same sense of obligation Paul had. In connection with this, I want to bring up this phrase in the New King James, as much as is in me. The English Standard Version, NIV. I am eager. At the center of Paul's character, there was this passion, this eagerness to preach the gospel to the best of his ability. That is an eagerness that we should have. And it ought to be applied and expressed to the best of our ability. I read this the other day. Obligation to him who died produces obligation to those for whom he died. This is the heart of evangelism, having this kind of passion. If we don't have it, we should commit ourselves by prayer and study to develop this eagerness to preach the gospel. If you know somebody who is not a Christian, start here with this obligation punctuated by Paul in Romans 1, 14 through 17. And don't be ashamed. In these pivotal verses, there is that expression, not ashamed. To not be ashamed should strike us as a chord of self-examination. It really should sound bad to say, I'm ashamed of the gospel. We should not want to stand before God having to answer him for being ashamed of his message. I'm thinking every time we read this, it should prompt very personal, objective self-examination. One more thing, God does not force himself upon people against their will. The gospel is the power God uses for everyone who believes. Might be good for us to remember belief is a choice that begins with hearing, leads to repentance and faithful obedience. Any theology or creed that is contrary to this is just not right. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Thank you for listening.